I know that song is not talking about me. Uh, it's talking about the Rolling Stones. You know, they've been touring for decades, and they still cannot get no satisfaction. I know where you can get satisfaction, though, and that is at Crete and Schaefer, president and COO of Crete, Tim Ashoff, joining us. Tim, welcome, bud. Great to be here. Thanks uh, to be live in studio for the first time here. Yeah, man, that's great. It's wonderful to see you again. I think that uh, the last time I saw you was in... Oh, were you at Mid-America Truck Show? I was, yes. Yeah. I saw you at the booth uh, in Mid-America. Right, briefly. I was on there with uh, Mark Willis and uh, earlier in the day with Dave. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you finally made it to uh, to my little show. Yeah, we've been here. talking about it for a while, so it's great. Yeah, for sure. Well, welcome to Nashville again. Great to see you again. And uh, you had a little bit of trouble getting into town, I Yeah, hear. it was great to finally be here you know we, we decided to come in last night to make sure that everything was okay and and was we're flying through chicago unfortunately and ended up spending a number of hours on the tarmac there in the plane and then pilots timed out a few times and finally landed in in nashville here about 3 a.m so uh you know it's it was an adventure the the pilots timed out yeah, you know, it's everybody's think, on a clock. That's right. If you think about it, truckers, same thing. You know, oh they have gosh. their hours of service, and uh, once they hit their limit, uh, they can't go. So, you know, we we talk about congestion or other things slowing down, and and having drivers uh, have troubles come along. Well, it was the same thing with the pilots, except for it was the weather this time. So, you know, it's uh, interesting because that type of hassle that you guys had uh, in Chicago, I would feel okay about that. But I was uh, getting ready to fly actually to Midway years and years ago. And the maintenance staff went on strike. This was, I think, American Airlines back, I mean, 2007 time frame. And so I really had a very uneasy feeling about being on that plane because they told us the maintenance staff went on strike. What does that mean? Do we, do we have fuel? Did did the plane get looked at whenever it was on the ground? I right, right. Yeah, you know, you know, the pilots uh, timing out is obviously for a safety reason. When you're yeah. when you're concerned about well, is maintenance being done or not? That's a different issue. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So anyway, great that you guys finally made it back, or right, back down to Nashville. And we got some uh, fun times planned a little bit later. I'm uh, gonna go have some some food, I guess. Yeah. No. Appreciate it. Appreciate the invite uh, down here from uh, Sirius XM and enjoy uh, an evening here. Um, and and uh, you know get some food and again go to Florida. Florida Georgia Line with yeah, you guys, so that's, that's great. Sounds like a good time. So uh, tell folks, we got uh, just a little bit of time. Tell folks a little bit about yourself, Tim. I know that you come on regularly to uh, some of the other shows, but uh, interested to uh, let you get to know our listeners a little bit. So talk a little bit about uh, yourself, where you come from, how long you've been around, and uh, a little bit about your company. Yeah. Well, originally, I'm just a you know farm kid from Nebraska. I grew up in a small town in, in Nebraska. I grew up on a farm. My dad had several egg businesses. Uh, drove my first uh, drove a cab over Ford before I ever drove a car. He had a little cab over Ford that he did some uh, trucking with. So I had that experience, um, and so that was my first intro into the industry. But never felt uh, or never knew that I was going to be in trucking. I actually uh, uh, went to college and went to law school and started out uh, you know practicing law, and then moved over to Crete a little over 17 years ago as a general counsel. Uh, loved the legal side, but also loved the business side. Um, and so I uh, wanted to get more and more into that business realm. So moved over in more into the management business side area about 10 years ago. Um, and then just uh, continued to develop my career there and, and proud to say, you know, made it up uh, to become the president uh, almost uh, two years ago now, I believe. So. Oh, wow. And uh, so how have things been since you've been in your new digs? Hey, you know, it's it's been great because we have a lot of great people. Uh, you know, behind any any company is is all the people, and and fortunately we have a great foundation. It's a longtime family-owned company that's always invested back into the company, invested into the people, have have made decisions for the long term, 
And so that really has made my job much easier um, in the last couple of years. And certainly haven't been there for, for 15 years before that, certainly uh, understood uh, how we are, you know, our culture, how we want to do things. And, and really the goal is to continue to maintain that culture and, and grow successfully for, you know, for 50 more years. So, you know, uh, you were standing at a crossroads at one time in your career, I'm sure. You could have gone down the path of personal injury attorney. That's right. Or down the road of general counsel for a truck. Yeah. I'm glad that you chose this well, route, man. I, I can honestly say I see a lot more value in trucking than personal injury attorneys. And I have a lot of friends that are personal injury attorneys, uh, so I don't take that wrong. And there's some, you know, they serve a purpose, and certainly there are times where people need their representation. But but the way that, that career has changed so much and evolved oh, in the last man. 20 years... Uh, I, I think I'm very, very happy with the path I've taken. Yeah, I, I give uh, Daryl Isaacs uh, a hard way to go up in Louisville because I grew up in the Louisville area, and I remember seeing his billboards start hitting, and now you drive up through there, dude, and it's like every billboard. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, come on, Daryl. And as I travel the country, it's it's that all over now. Yeah. I mean, oh, and, and particularly God. focusing, unfortunately, on trucking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I think that does is really gives – trucking, uh, a bad image, uh, unduly so. I mean, mm-hmm. it's making it appear to the public as they're seeing their, you know, all the billboards out there that we as an industry, you know, don't take safety seriously. And as you know, that's just totally opposite. And all your yeah. listeners know that. I mean, mm-hmm. we're so focused on safety. We've improved safety so much over the last 20 years. Yeah. But the public image then are these, uh, you know, uh, again, plaintiffs, law firm billboards out there, um, you know, showing us in a, in a much different light. I think that uh, another, um, I guess, consequence to having that marketing push towards accidents with big trucks is it incentivizes people to target big trucks. Uh, given your history and your knowledge of law, do, do you feel that we are all targets out there on the roadways today? Absolutely, and and unfortunately, it's it's maybe targets for not all all the right reasons. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. we've been improving our safety, but certainly, um, you know, in some ways, uh, the industries that get targeted are the ones that have um, money to go after. You know, it was doctors years ago with with medical malpractice, mm-hmm. and then there's been re- tort reform that help, has helped limit that. But as you know. All of us carriers are required to have typically seven hundred fifty thousand to a million dollars of insurance. Right. So if we're involved in accidents, the the plaintiff attorneys know that there's funds there to try to collect from uh, whether or not maybe the, the the trucker was at fault or not. But certainly know that there's there's funds there that that we as a carrier and an insurance company are going to have to protect. And so they'll make it a battle sometimes as much not about the accident but everything else just to try to. Uh, you know, get us to pay over some of those funds. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's tough whenever that becomes the reality uh, that people are just looking for that payday. Yeah, uh, they're local, and I I don't want to make our time together all about that, but uh, they're local attorneys that you see it on the television, and they're they're looking for that person that is uh, sitting on their couch waiting for uh, some reason to go out and look for a payday, and that shouldn't be what the attorneys are trying to get people to do they to protect or, or you know it's ah, it's another topic for another day let's just let's just keep it at that that's right sorry to go down that no path. that's all right no it's it's a real issue you know and, and just to kind of conclude it is you know what what's happening now to all all of us trucking companies and independent operators out there is it's really caused our insurance costs to go way up yeah and so well, it's, it's really having a final financial impact not on just those, you know, maybe fewer companies that are involved in, in the lawsuits, but on everybody because the insurance firms are having to charge more 
for that premium to 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 protect uh, you know the payouts that they are having to make for mm-hmm. the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah, gotcha. Tim Ashoff is joining us. He is president and COO of Crete and Schaefer. And if you guys want to find out more information about them, you can find them online cretecarrier.com or you can call recruitment at 800-998-2221. We're going to go ahead and start moving out of the way for the end of the hour break here in the second hour of the show. But when we come back, we're going to uh, hang out with Tim for the next 30 minutes of the program. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on under the tent at Crete and uh, get the 30,000-foot view about the industry. So if you want to talk a little bit with a president of a trucking company about some of your views on what the big issues are in trucking, now is the perfect opportunity to do it. 888 888- 876-2336 is the number. 888-876-2336. And we're going to get right back to it right after this on Sirius XM 146. On Road Dog Trucking Radio's Road Dog Live with host KC Phillips. Hey, we are back. Welcome back into Road Dog Live, hour number three of the show. Get in with us if you want to talk with Tim Ashoff of Crete Schaefer, 888-876-2336. You know, I hear, Tim, that there are certain folks out there that are washing cars right now, and one of them maybe named Jillian Ashoff. Do you know that person? Yeah, maybe. I got a message from my daughter that, she, hey, she's listening to me on the radio while she's out washing her car. So, <laughs> Well, I hope she doesn't get that receiver wet. They, they don't like it when they get wet. I hope she does a good job washing her car. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I think there needs to be a line at the Ashoff house. All of the cars need to line up. Free car washes. Could we get some heavy trucks to get washed? That would be a good idea. And, and wash my pickup while you're at it, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jillian, you need to get yourself a long brush because truckers like to really get the top of the cab. you got to get the windshields clean. That's Tough right. to wash those things. Yeah. Have you ever washed a semi-truck, Tim? I ha- it's been a long time ago. It was when I was a kid, actually. I washed yeah. my dad's truck, but I haven't washed one of ours at Crete. I need to get out there and do that. I've washed the windshield to help drivers as they come through the fuel bay, you know, just okay. washing the, the bugs off the windshield, but not wash the whole truck. Yeah, it's it's tough. Now, that old cab over Ford, they're probably a little easier to, to wash than a big truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, a square, so it was pretty easy to get, you know, the four sides and, and not as tall and hard to reach either. So Yeah, I got you. Now, uh, talk a little bit uh, about the uh, the equipment that somebody is going to expect to get into whenever they are uh, coming on with Crete or Schaefer. What are you guys typically putting drivers into? We're running all uh, late model equipment. You know, our oldest truck is going to be about four, four and a half years old. We trade them all out between 450 and and 500,000 miles. Primarily what we're running right now are Freightliner Cascadias Mm -hmm. uh, with the Detroit diesel engine and the the automated Detroit diesel transmission transmission paired to that. So that's primarily what we're putting on for our new trucks. 
Uh, you know, the trucks we run are, you know, double bunks. Uh, we're, we're getting uh, built-in refrigerators, inverters, driver amenities, those types of things that we know are important for you out there on the road so you can uh, not only be comfortable and, and get a good night's sleep, have a good reliable truck, but also, you know, save some money in, in the food that you have, be able to prep that in your truck, keep it in your truck. So really trying to, you know, add some of those amenities, uh, adding some more safety features too. You know, we added the auto fifth wheel release to our, our trucks here in the last couple of years, um, some more steps on the trailers and otherwise knowing that, you know, keeping you out there running and, and you know, making money for you and your family is important. So whatever safety sure. features we can add as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked off air a little bit about focus, uh, you know, the things that focus uh, or Crete and Schaefer are focusing on. So uh, would you call uh, driver um, amenities and the comfort on the road and also uh, maybe the practicality of preparing your own meals? Are those important things for you? Those are important. And I would say our, our broader focus, you know, that's a piece of it. Our broader focus for really the last three years has been how do we remove driver's frustration and allow you to use your entire 660 minutes a day that you have for driving safely and productively. So we've really focused that on as a team. Um, you know, it starts with having, you know, we talked about equipment, good, reliable equipment, but then the, the, the thing that a driver really needs is also great freight. And so really probably about five years ago, we started going through each and every load that we haul and saying, is there a, a characteristic to this freight that causes a challenge or a frustration for a driver? Is it not even able to utilize, that driver utilize their full 660 minutes a day that they have to drive? So, mm -hmm. you know, if we saw um, a lane that was taking too many hours um, to run, um, you know, to, for a driver to pick it up and deliver it, um, it wasn't efficient. Then we looked internally, hey, is there something we're doing wrong? Are we scheduling this load wrong? Um, is it a live pickup? Can we convert that to a drop? Um, and so we've really been focusing internally saying, how do we make sure that we remove all frustrations from, from a driver's day as much as sure. possible and make oh, them as man. productive as possible? Good luck. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but you know what? Everything. Every minute matters. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, just a few minutes a day across 365 days really makes a difference uh, for a driver. You know, that, that 10 more miles a day you can run uh, it, it just means a lot to, to your paycheck. But it's not only to your paycheck. You know, this this job has a lot of challenges. We talked about, you know, the weather last night with the pilots and, the, and, and sure. uh, you know, the delay. That happens all the time out there for drivers, as, as all of you know. Um, so to the extent we can minimize those, uh, and, and not only help you make more, but we know that's a frustration to you. I was frustrated last night. Uh, there wasn't anything I could do about it, um, but, you know, I would have had a much better experience had I not had to have that delay. So whatever yeah. we can do to, to eliminate delays or reduce delays, whether it's at a customer, at a receiver, uh, at our shop, at an outside shop, um, you know, helping you find parking, those types of things, we've really been focused on how do we really – um, remove frustrations from a driver's day and, and make them safe as pro and productive, as I mentioned. I, I truly understand about uh, your level of frustration, you know, being put back so long uh, on the airline. It's really nice you're going to have a clean truck when you get home. That's uh, right. When Johnny yes. gets done with that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I get home on time to see it. There too. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so w when it comes down to uh, the frustrations that drivers are facing, uh, obviously ELDs, uh, it, it has got to be high on the list. Uh, talk a little bit about Crete and their uh, status with the ELDs. Are you on the old AOBRDs, or are you uh, transitioning to new we're, equipment? We're just about ready to transition to the ELD status. We transitioned to new equipment last year. Okay. Um, so we have the updated equipment that can handle the ELD status, but we're still operating under AOBRD. So we'll be going through that transitioning probably starting about late July. 
you know, with a fleet of 5,500 trucks uh, and 5,600 or so drivers, it takes a little bit to transition. So oh, we can't sure. wait till uh, you know, December uh, 15th <laughs> yeah. to be done. And Everybody else that, does it, right, Tim. Right, I mean, right. come so, on. <laughs> so we're going to start that transition, you know, make it, you know, hopefully as smooth as we can for our drivers. We're working mm-hmm. with our technology provider on that. And, you know, we need training out there because it is slightly different. Um, and so we're, we're putting that plan in place now and have done some testing. And, and once uh, we're ready to go, we'll start rolling that out end, end of July or so, I hope. If you guys uh, want to share with you, uh, with us, uh, the biggest frustrations that you face in driving today, uh, whether you're owner-operator, lease-operator, company driver, I think, Tim, that would be uh, really interesting to get that feedback from people who are driving right now. What do you think? That would be great, yes. Yeah. Uh, what are the biggest frustrations you guys face in your daily activities? Uh, my my guess would have to be uh, detention time. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about what detention time means from the operations uh, department. How, how big of a cost is that to Crete and Schaefer? You know, when you look at, as I mentioned, we have you know 5,400 plus trucks out there on the, on the road. Um, that can be millions of dollars a year um, in lost revenue mm-hmm. with just the, you know our drivers sitting there not being productive, which also means. A, a lot of loss paid to our drivers as well. So sure. again, that is one of the frustrations we have focused on, and particularly really focused on it in the last year. You know, the the simplest way we have found to get rid of detention is to convert any live pickup or delivery to drop and hook. And so we did a huge focus on that um, this past year and increased the percentage of our drop and hook uh, loads by uh, with our customers. And I know we just looking at 2019 compared to 2018, we did about 23,000 more drop and hooks loads in 2019 Ooh. than 2018. So wow. if we can eliminate 23,000 opportunities, and if you really double that because that's pickup and delivery, yeah. those are eliminating those potential um periods of detention. So that's a focus we've had. Now it's an investment for us. I mean, many of you know, in order to do a drop and hook, you're going to have to have a trailer uh, on both ends out there for our drivers. So we do have to invest in trailers. There is a cost to that. But we look at our trade-off then on, you know, does that save us time as a a customer, keep you moving? Uh, How, you know, we need to make sure our customers are moving the trailers. And the good thing is we have a lot of great core customers as well. And, you know, they're they're steady freight they have. Uh, They keep a they keep loading us every day a certain amount of freight using those trailers. Having that that trailer there and available for our drivers when they get there is so important. Uh, I grabbed my calculator while you were talking, Tim, and I extrapolated what that detention number and the drop and hook uh, change was: four million six hundred thousand miles. Yeah, is what if you if you focus or if if you figure it on fifty miles an hour mm-hmm. is what we used to when I was in dispatch. Sure. We used to say, okay, fifty miles an hour is a probably what a driver could get. Uh, 4,600,000 miles that you gave back to drivers for just changing over to that drop and hook. What kind of uh, financial commitment does that take uh, at the scale you're talking about? You know, it, the commitment really is is on trailers. We do have to have more trailers out there. And in the dry van world, when you're talking, you know, between thirty dollars and $40,000 a trailer and say you need to add um, you know, an extra maybe two trailers uh, for that, and so you're talking, you know, you know, millions of dollars in trailers that we invest in. Uh, and but the key is, is also we have to do that smart. And so if we can get what we call density, if we can have a shipper that that we have just a lot of pickups and deliveries every day at. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you know, we have some great customers. There's a customer, you know, right here out of uh, Franklin, uh, Mars. They're they're headed ah. their transportation groups out of here. We we do. Yep a ton of freight with them, and we concentrate in a lot of areas. So we can have a trailer pool of maybe 30 trailers at one of their locations. 
where we're doing, you know, uh, maybe, you know, 40 uh, deliveries and 40 pickups in a day. So I don't necessarily need one trailer for each one of those because Mm -hmm. it's happening so frequently throughout the day. Uh, I I can have less trailers but still have trailers available for our drivers, either loaded or empty, when they get there, when they pick up, and when they deliver. So we focus on that density then with customers that are going to turn those trailers quickly so we can keep those drivers moving. Tim Ashoff joining us. He's president and COO of Crete Schaefer. And if you guys want to get in, share with us what your frustrations are uh, in driving. 888-876-2336. I got several folks online already, but uh, we're going to go ahead and get to them in a bit. Uh, when it comes to your driver pool and, and changing over, uh, adding that equipment and getting those trailers there, one of, uh, I know the big frustrations, at least when I was in operations, was finding empties. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there technology out there that's making that process easier and is Crete utilizing that? technology it's getting better every day and we we utilize uh, you know they have now trailer tracking and there's a couple versions of that there's tethered trailer tracking so it really the unit on the on the trailer communicates with us in our operations group while it's connected okay. uh, to a truck and then it leaves a breadcrumb we call it on wherever it's disconnected so this is exactly <laughs> where this trailer was dropped Hansel and Gretel are that's so right. happy they <laughs> named yeah, the that's right. yeah. <laughs> and so we know exactly where that trailer was dropped and so we should be able to tell the next tra- driver hey that's where the last driver dropped that trailer well mm-hmm. we know at times though that that you know the shipper um, and receiver move those trailers around they have different drop lots and otherwise store so stuff and stores them right yeah. so it's not exactly perfect and so the you know the next iteration that they have out there is um, untethered trailer tracking. So basically, there's power in this trailer tracking unit, and it's and it has its own GPS, and then is connecting to us via cellular data all the time. Mm-hmm. So we know where that trailer is essentially all the time. And we've invested on our temp control side uh, with that untethered trailer tracking because not only does it give us location, it also helps us monitor the refrigeration unit. Uh, is the door open, door closed? Oh, nice. Is it full? Is it those types of things? Help us monitor say, hey, is, is a customer using that for storage? Yeah, so that's right. We've adopted that technology on the temp control side and are looking to say, hey, does it make sense for also to you know adopt that on the drive-in side as well? So we're looking at that as a future investment. Uh, it's all about uptime, maximizing right. uh, your guys' time on the road for sure. If they're not spending time running from yard to yard looking for an empty, you guys can just point them in the right direction and first shot. Uh, that's going to save a lot of time. Yeah, and and eliminate frustration. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. That'd be great. All right, you guys, uh, let's get to you. Let's go to Chris in Iowa first up. Chris, what's going on, bro? Yeah, um, parking I think is one of my biggest things. Uh, especially like up in the northeast. Um, I don't know if you guys do reimbursements for like prime parking, as they like to call it, but, you know, at least during certain hours, like 5 to, you know, midnight, if you could maybe reimburse the, or any company reimburse the driver for that cost because we got to shut down and sleep. So, and I mean, it's just, a, I think, a small price to pay to help a driver out. Yeah, we know what parking is one of those huge challenges out there right now, and, and we've approached it a few different ways. Uh, first off, we've really focused on working with our, our customers at their ship points and then at the receiving locations. You know, often uh, our drivers we found, and from the feedback we get, is that they can be most productive and effective if they know if they can actually park at the facility they're either picking up or delivering to because that gives them a lot more flexibility with the hours and, and how that fits their hours of service. So we've had um, great progress with our shippers uh, and then with them working with their receivers on allowing parking, uh, overnight parking in particular, where their facilities certainly accommodate it. In fact, we have a few customers that we've worked with that will allow our our drivers to park on their facilities 
even if they're not picking up or delivering a load at that facility nice. um, because they understand the challenge of parking. They have some extra space. So uh, we've been working first with our customers to say the more you can park there, the, the better. Uh, I'll say the second thing we, we're doing is we, we have been trying to push back with the truck stops on saying, you know, paid parking is not good in the long run. Um, you know, we, we buy a ton of fuel. Drivers buy a lot of fuel there on their own, even if they're, you know, independent owner-operators, uh, independent operators. You, you spend a lot of money inside um, the, the stores, at the restaurants there as well, that, that parking. And, and, you know, often what we see and I hear from our drivers is that there'll be a row of premium paid parking that never gets used. And, and so you're, they're adding to the frustrations of the driver, particularly when, then when they see this premium paid parking and no one's in it and they've had, they've had to go down you know, the road to another place or that they did finally wait and somebody left and they got in there, but then they watch all night and no one's ever, ever, you know, parked in the, in those spots. So it adds to that frustration. As far as reimbursement for pay, we, we've really talked with groups of our drivers. Um, and I know the Northeast in particular is a challenge, but we did a number of pay increases last year. We did over the three pay increases and increased our overall pay by 17%. And so we have to look as a company of, you know, how do we compensate drivers in different ways and what expenses do we reimburse them for? And as we met with groups of our drivers, um, they felt that they appreciated receiving that greater pay on every mile they ran versus, hey, should we reimburse parking when you may need it? And the reason being is, um, you know, different drivers are sometimes on different schedules. They manage their day differently. And what we were seeing is our drivers on, on average were telling us that they, they only really needed to pay for parking maybe once or twice a month. And they felt that if we started reimbursing for parking, so many of our drivers would just be using it more often, causing our expense to go up, and then and that the company expense then would increase, and, and the pay going to the drivers would decrease overall. Mm-hmm. So that was the balance that we, we struck on that, where we did increase our pay uh, to drivers significantly and said, hey, for those limited times, try to help manage your day, but we're going to pay you more for every mile, and in that, in that time that you uh, may need to do it, you know, we've given you some extra along the way. The other thing that we've done is, uh, we've been, we've tried to work with the truck stops and saying, look, if if you're going to charge them, then at least let them use their points, their reward points to pay for that. Because we fuel a lot, and uh, and we fuel a lot at, at at generally you know focused number of, of truck stops. So our drivers do accumulate those points, so they should be able to accumulate enough to still get their free showers and other things, but then have the ability to park a few times a month with those sure. points if needed. Yeah. Uh, the, the other side of the the parking issue, and we hear it a, a lot. Uh, there's invariably two or three calls questioning how drivers are treating the facilities, the lots. Does Crete have uh, some policies regarding treatment of shippers' property? Yes, I mean we we absolutely expect our drivers to be professional out there, and and you know we we do two things. We like to have feedback both ways. So we we like to have feedback from our drivers on the shipper and receiver facilities. So we we try to facilitate that through some communication methods with our drivers. But we also like feedback from our customers, and we take that very seriously as far as if we ever have a driver that is not um, um, being professional uh, on a lot. And you know what we found is uh, the most effective means of policing that, so to speak, is peer pressure. Um, huh. You know, fellow yeah. Crete and Schaefer drivers are very proud, mm-hmm. and often when they see maybe another, and hopefully it's a, it's a limited number of times out there, <laughs> another Crete or Schaefer driver not being as respectful as they should, they're self-policing that or getting with us, and we're helping to do that. But, you know, one thing I'm proud of at Crete, too, is and, and we hire primarily experienced drivers, and those have been in the industry for a while, and we try to look for those true professionals to be on our team. And, and one of the things I always say to our drivers is, 
um, we can ensure that we have the best drivers on our team is if you're referring them to us. Um, you know, in, in our recruiting world anymore, we used to be able to go out to truck stops and be able to, to talk mm-hmm. to a, a driver and, and get to know them a little bit more than just what's on paper. Uh, or digital now, I should say. Uh, yeah. So today, all what we do, is paper? Yeah, anyway? yeah. All we do is get to see what their <laughs> digital record is, but we don't get to see who they are as a person. So mm-hmm. we really put a high value on our drivers out there referring other drivers to us and say, "Hey, would you be proud to have that driver on the Crete Schaefer team with you?" Fantastic, Tim Ashoff, uh, hanging out with us, President and CEO of Crete and Schaefer. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, more phone calls. So if you are on hold. Hang in there. We're going to get to you. This is Road Dog Live, Sirius XM 146. I'm Casey in Nashville. Mr. Charles Roberts III is in D.C., and we'll be back. You're listening to Road Dog Trucking Radio's Road Dog Live with host K.C. Phillips. The older she gets, the slower we go, but there ain't nothing wrong with the radio. She needs a carburetor. Little plug wires, she's riding me around on four ball tires. The wipers don't work. Hey, we are back. Welcome back into Road Dog Live. Casey Phillips hanging out with you from Nashville, Tennessee. Ain't nothing wrong with Jillian's radio. She's she's negotiating Chick Fil A. I understand. Yeah, she for. she heard she heard us and said, "Well, if you really want me to wash your pickup, I'll do it for Chick Fil A." So. The girl's got a, a future in sales. Yeah. I'm sure. Maybe public relations. There we go. There yep. you go. Tim Ashoff hanging out with us. He is president and CEO of Crete Schaefer. You guys can find them at CreteCarrier.com. That's C-R-E-T-E, Carrier.com, 800-998-2221. Guys, it's uh, not every day you get to have the ear of a president of a company. Let them know what your frustrations are in trucking. Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, the parking issues out there. We've uh, uh, discussed some of the issues with detention time. Uh, obviously, these are going to maximize your uptime and your efficiency and productivity if you can get them solved. It seems as if Creed is doing a real good job at uh, taking care of those things for you. So get in with us. 8888-ROAD-DOG. Let's grab another phone call, Tim, if you're ready. All right. Wall Banger in Indiana. Wall Banger, what's up, buddy? You tell me, Casey. I don't know it, son. I want to ask him about his opportunities there in Tennessee. You know, I just live 30 miles south there. I yes, know sir. they've got that big terminal up there in Knoxville. Would I have to take the truck to Knoxville? No, you can take your truck home uh, when you go on home time. We allow our drivers to do that. Um, and we do generally have you drop a trailer at either one of our drop yards or our customers. But uh, th- then, yeah, taking your truck home for home time is, is something that's standard with, with the, most of our fleets. If you're on a... Uh, a dedicated fleet uh, that they need uh, the equipment things back there at the terminal that's different but in in your area no you'd you'd be able to take that truck home and uh, yeah, yeah we do I have a like like I said I'm 30 miles just south of Nashville there yeah we have a lot of opportunities right out of this area we we also have a uh, a newer terminal in West Memphis, Arkansas, and have a freight, freight that flows, you know, right through here, north, south, and and east and west. So great part of the country for us from a business standpoint. We even have a number of customers right in this area. Uh, that's good. And about the only thing, only thing that upset me with y'all was when you built that terminal up there, you took out one of the best dirt tracks in the area. <laughs> you know, it's funny, we still get blamed for that today, but I'll, I, you know, I have to remind people that that, that was closed down before we uh, actually bought the property. Not but, the first uh, time you yeah, heard that. No, huh? no, we hear that, and uh, you, you know, there's a uh, there's one of the buildings I think still left on the on the side of the lot uh, that that's still there from the original uh, racetrack, and I don't think we can ever tear it down because then we you know that would be the last uh, 
vestige of, of that uh, uh, monument there to, to all those from the area. Well, don't they still have the little uh, motocross track there? No, that's gone, too. Oh, it is gone. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure if I'm thinking of the same place you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Wallbanger, what, what, what about your uh, your most frustrating part of trucking? If you had to name it, what what frustrates you the most about working in this industry? Traffic. In these states that trucks ain't allowed in the left two lanes, and we're over here running 10, and they're over there running 40. Gotcha. So uh, the disparity uh, split speeds, basically. Yeah, I figure, I figure since they're paying road tax, they have trucks to be able to run in whatever lane it wants to. There you go. So you guys can't do anything about traffic, can you, Tim? No, I think, you know, we as an industry uh, <laughs> do focus on that. You know, the congestion is, is a big impact. And, and certainly, you know, the infrastructure bill that's being discussed in, in Washington now, we're hopeful that, um, you know, we can have something that's bipartisan uh, in, in the next uh, decade. <laughs> and hopefully that can be infrastructure because, you know, congestion obviously is, is um, a big concern across the country, particularly obviously in, in more populated areas. But we really haven't invested that the way we need to in expanding lanes. And, and you know, we've talked about even having truck-only lanes. Right. So the opposite of, of what Wallbanger is talking about here. So we do need to get inf- an infrastructure bill done. We need to get it funded. You know, we as an industry have said we do actually support uh, an increase in the fuel tax um, as long as that money is used for roads. Right. That, that's our caveat that that's, you know, it is earmarked for that funds. and is restricted yeah. to that yeah. because we do need to invest and we've been behind on that in our country. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's evident. You, you hear about the flooding going on in Arkansas right now and levees that are failing. And that's part just a as big a part of infrastructure as anything else. And I think the Associated Press reported it, that the levees are tired. It's like, well, should levees get tired? I mean, it's earth, you know? Right. We, we, have a, um, we have a responsibility, and I think that we've put people in positions of decision-making that have just not taken care of the way we'd like to see our, our funds be directed. Absolutely. You know, we have to be focused on what's good for the whole country, and that's necessarily what's good for a person or a party. And, and I think until we get that, we're, we're still going to be lagging behind. Sure. Does uh, Crete take an active role in uh, being in contact with lawmakers? We we primarily focus on working through our trade organizations, the American Trucking Association, but certainly locally we take an active role. And, sure. and then we do take uh, on certain issues, we will get more involved um, directly with lawmakers. But we think it's important that we show a united front as an industry mm-hmm. um, because if, if uh, we, we think going to lawmakers and you have one faction of trucking saying, hey, we'd prefer this to happen, and another saying, you know, we prefer this to happen, the lawmakers going, well, what should I do? So we work really hard to try to build consensus in our industry, and then go to the lawmakers together as much as possible. One organization I've been trying to get involved with uh, is Metropolitan Planning Organizations. I've not had much success. Uh, It's kind of a crazy story. But anyway, um, at at the local level, like you talk about, uh, MPOs uh, are a way that we can all have a direct impact on our local communities. Uh, Does Crete ever send representation to those types of events? Absolutely. You know, particularly in places where we have our facilities, you know, mm-hmm. we get involved with with local organizations, local government units, uh, uh, local civic organizations. And, you know, for example, right there in Lincoln, you know, I, I, I'm involved with the, uh, the they have a 20 year plan. And as a, as a corporate citizen there, we're involved with that and saying, how can we ensure, 
even in our just the smaller city in Lincoln in the Midwest, ensure that traffic flows efficiently through there because we are kind of a, a point two on I-80 and then a cutoff down to I-29 that we have a lot of truck traffic. So that perspective of how do we just in that microcosm uh, of congestion there through Lincoln, how can we make that flow efficiently? And, and I think you probably can make some more progress at local levels at time than you can nationally. Hanging out with Tim Ashoff of Crete Schaefer. If you guys want to talk about your frustrations in trucking, we're uh, we're taking all your cussing and discussing today. So uh, make sure you get in with us. 8888 Road Dog. Let's go to Rooster in Iowa. Rooster, welcome, sir. Hey, yeah. Uh, Tim took the time to call me back here a couple of weeks ago when I left them a message. The um, thing I've been having, had, I lasted about six months doing that drop and hook thing. I just got tired of flat tires, doors busted off in trailers, uh-huh. sides cut out and trailer maintenance it always seemed to leave it for the next guy leave it for the next guy you know how do you guys deal with that you know that that is always a challenge and so we we do that a, a few different ways i mean one of the things that we do is where we do have our large shipping points where i mentioned earlier where we may have a pool of 30 to 50 trailers at a point we actually contract to have outside service companies come to that location and service those, tra- those trailers while they're there so they'll do inspections their tire issues, other issues, maybe a light issue, uh, that can get taken care of before the driver even shows up. Certainly then we do have to rely on having good quality drivers on our fleet that when they do see uh, an issue, they are getting those fixed. Um, We have done some things recently with respect to tires to help the the response time to that where we have actually uh, contracted with a nationwide tire company uh, to be provide us quick response. So we're giving drivers direct contact with that tire company uh, to get out there, get out there much quicker than coming through us uh, to, to get that done quickly. So if we can, again, remove that frustration from the driver of, hey, I see I have a, a trailer that I dropped that has a tire issue, but if I call it in, it's gonna. I have to wait around here for the for the repair company to come out, and it's gonna impact my time. I'm not gonna call it in. So we want to get rid of you know the reasons why drivers won't call it in. And so those are a couple of things we're doing that. And the more we do that, uh, the less there are trailers out there with those problems. On your flatbed side, there we got your spread axles that do the drop and hook. And then the yard jockey shuttle that stuff around. Boy, you see them tires going backwards while the yard jockey's going forward. Something's got to give somewhere, and it's usually that front pit and that front axle. Yeah, and that that is one thing we we do look at too is is what locations are we seeing our our biggest issues at? Because sometimes you know our, our, one of our drivers will blame it on the prior driver. Hey, you dropped the trailer with a bad tire, <laughs> but it was really that yard jockey. Yeah. So if we see that trend, yep. we go back to that to that yard and say, hey, you got to have better yard management here. You're costing us um, not only in the cost of our tires, but in the cost of our drivers' time. Big. Uh, Big issues out there, and it's not isolated to Crete Schaefer. We had the same situations. It, it was always a, a finger pointing affair uh, when it came to trailer maintenance because we did a lot of drop and hook. We had a three to one uh, trailer pool at Nissan. And so uh, we had a real big problem with uh, holes being punched in the roof. And, and that's something that's directly attributable to the, the uh, person loading the vehicle or unloading the vehicle. Right. Uh, so it was pretty easy in that uh, instance. But yeah, what you're talking about, you don't know how that thing is moving around typically uh, whenever there's not a driver present. Is that something that uh, is a pretty easy negotiation for you? And do you have shippers uh, or consignees that are willing to uh, own up to it? We do, actually. I mean, again, it's, we've had so many long-term relationships with our customers, and, you know, our drivers have been really good at doing those pre-trip inspections. 
So as they are picking up and, and noting the, any items that are issues right away and getting them to us right away, if we, if we can get information timely and get back to our customer with that, they're, they're willing to react. And then the other thing we can see is we, since we do a core amount of business with so much customers, we can have data. You know, today everyone oh, yeah. wants data to uh, <laughs> uh, work off of. Four-letter so, word. That's right. So we can go to a customer and say, look, you know, at your site we are seeing this issue be, you know, ten times more prevalent than at another site. And mm-hmm. when you can show them that, they're, they're generally willing to work with you because, you know, they want a good long-term relationship with you as well. And, and fortunately, we're, we're known for providing you know, great service out there to our customers, and then they want to keep a great service carrier um, hauling their freight. Fantastic. Tim, thank you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take one more quick break. When we come back, Ice Pick in St. Louis, you're going to be next. Hold on the line. And uh, we're talking with Tim Ashoff, Creek Carrier, unless you got to go. No, I'm good. Okay. I'll, I'll stay here for you a little bit longer. You see how I did that? Yeah, you did that. I changed the game plan a little bit, so yeah. now you're stuck with me. Dude. All right. All right. I'm here. Tim Ashoff, president and COO of Crete Schaefer, is going to be with us when we come back. Ice Pick in St. Louis, we're going to start with your phone call on the flip side. This is Road Dog Live, Sirius XM 146, and we'll be back. Now, back to the conversation on Road Dog Trucking Radio's Road Dog Live with host K.C. Phillips. We are back. Welcome back into Road Dog Live, Sirius XM 146, Road Dog Trucking Radio. KC hanging out with you from the Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. I've asked for you guys to help a brother out a little bit and share with me what your biggest frustration in trucking is. And uh, that way you can let Mr. Tim Ashoff know. Tim is president and COO of Crete Schaefer, and uh, he's looking for some info so he can make his company better for you guys. So get in with us, 888-876-2336. Let's go ahead right to the phones. Ice pick is in St. Louis, if I can get my little button to work. Ice Pick, what's up, dude? How you doing? I uh, had a question on pay. You were talking about increasing pay and all, and uh, drivers have a lot of downtime, especially these ELDs now. And I was wondering, are you paying them for, like, their 10 hours, or is that in the future? You know, we pay a pretty standard um, pay per mile in our program. Um, we do have guaranteed uh, detention pay and, and some other um, accessorial pays when there are times that, that you're down and that it's not any fault of yours and, or it's fault of our customer or otherwise. So we do do that, that guaranteed detention pay. But our focus, again, is on um, the pay per mile. Um, we have some fleets uh, that are, you know, more dedicated, specialized fleets where, um, the, the miles can can vary because of the impact of what the customer's business is or otherwise. So we may pay by the day um, or you know by the hour, depending on the fleet. But for the majority of our fleet, we do pay by the mile. And again, that was something we were looking at again this last year as we made a lot of, of pay adjustments and focus a lot with our drivers on on what what motivates you. And and most people like to be paid for moving. And they said, you know, pay us more for when we're moving and keep us moving. And so that's what we continue to focus on. Um, and, you know, really, I think is, is effective driver for us. And that helps us drive our customers, as I mentioned, to keep you moving more. Um, no one's going to be better off if we're less efficient as an industry. And, and that pay per mile really helps us drive that efficiency. Uh, and then helps our drivers out there push us. Hey, if, if they're not moving, then they're pushing us. And, and that's, uh, that's a great, I think, back and forth that we have. 
I think that, uh, and thank you for the call, buddy. Uh, I, I think that frustration does not discriminate. Uh, so whether it be that a um, an employee, a professional driver, is getting frustrated at a dock, or whether he's opening up a settlement check and frustrated that he can't make his bills, uh, the, the frustration is going to be there. So anything that they can do to to help you guys help them, uh, I think is going to help quell that uh, that frustration. And uh, I, I don't know uh, if you're uh, willing to talk about it, but I'll ask. Um, when it comes to driver pay on a percentage basis, what have you seen over the last couple of years uh, with driver pay working for Crete and Schaefer? As far as the increases that we've had? Yes. Yeah, so last year, um, we, we our overall increase for our drivers was on average of 17%. So a huge jump Ooh. last year. Okay. And, and the prior years to that... Um, we had uh, increases, I, I believe, if I go back, probably in that 3 to 5% range a couple years before that. But, you know, last year, um, the industry, obviously things were, were kind of crazy out there from a, a freight and demand standpoint. And the industry, I think, needed to make uh, a, a substantial step up in driver pay. It's, as you've talked about, I'm sure, several times on here, driver pay is lagged behind the rest of the economy. Oh, yeah. You, you know, I, I've seen reports where, you know, drivers are making the same probably a year ago as they were in the, in the in the mid 90s from a real dollar standpoint. And fortunately, we were able to work with customers in the market and have them understand that to say, hey, if we want to be a sustainable long-term industry, we do have to take a step up in driver pay. So we're proud to have been a part of that, take that big step up in pay. Uh, and so those were just pay adjustments that we made across the board. We also do allow, have opportunities for our drivers to increase their pay annually. Uh, they have the annual uh, they have annual pay increases if they may meet their performance metrics, and then we also have, we do provide a quarterly safety and performance bonus as well out there. So we 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 know um, always having the ability to do better. Everyone is a, it's human nature to hey I want I want to do better I want to get more for what I'm doing, and, and so providing those opportunities we know is important to drivers out there. Well, when it comes to uh, the overall view of our economy, uh, is that something that you as the president of a company are always looking, maybe peeking over the fence and wondering, hey, what's going to happen next year? And and if so, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the next five years in trucking? Sure. Well, five years is a long time. To okay. Predict, next you know? two and a half years. Because <laughs> things do change quickly, as we've seen. You know, next week. 20, uh, end of 2017, all of 2018 was, was you know, very hot. Uh, from a freight perspective, and now I'd say it's it's back to normal. You know, what I try to do is I try to stay close with our customers because really, okay. you know, their demand is going to really dictate on how we do and what's happening in their world, both from a demand standpoint. So, you know, what's go, what's moving, you know, what, whether it's a – we haul mostly consumer packaged goods and food stuff. So anything you'd buy in a Walmart and Target, that's what we buy, and okay. we think that's mostly – uh, somewhat recession-proof because we all eat and we all use toilet paper and 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 paper towels and all those things out there that are that uh, you know uh, recession-proof. We we hope, but you know what 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 are they seeing for demand uh, of uh, out there for their products? And so you know our customers so far have been um, you know pretty uh, optimistic. They're not seeing demand go down from last year, and last year was a really good year. But we also have to know what are they doing different. You know, shippers can't go through a year like they did last year. You know, spot market rates were so high. Um, they were paying, you know, extreme rates for things that weren't being covered on the contract basis and otherwise. So how, do, how have they adjusted their supply chains? How have they adjusted their shipping methods? So I think what we're, we hope what we see is we see really about a year or two here of what I'd call normal mm -hmm. in, in trucking where that, that supply and demand is going to be somewhat equalized. So, you know, we have to work to get our drivers the quality freight. We have to provide good service, and, and our customers will need us. 
In, in carrier and shipper relations, uh, who has the big stick in the negotiation? Who, who typically carries the leverage? And is that something that you guys are working on to uh, affect? You know, that, that can go back and forth depending on current market situations. But our philosophy isn't to find customers that that either we need leverage with or they need leverage with. We'd rather find customers that we both see the long-term value of having a good partnership, some consistency. So, for example, last year's the spot market rates were up 20, 30, 40, even 50 percent. With our customers, we, we want to say we, we want to provide you the trucks, provide you that steady capacity at a, a reasonable rate increases when, when the market's, you know, out there and, and the rates are going up, costs are going up. And when the market's softer, you know, they're continuing to give us the freight, uh, even though the spot market may be below that, because we'd rather have a long-term consistent relationship where sure. day in, day out, week after week, year after year, we're there for each other. So if you have that kind of relationship, it doesn't necessarily matter as much who has the stick, but is is are you providing value for each other long term? There you go. It's all about value. And uh, hey, truckers, drivers, the most valuable part of it. Absolutely. They're, they're our most valuable resources, we say, and we, we have yeah. a message on a number of our trailers. And again, that's why we focus so much on that. You know, I, I do view one of my jobs as, as a president of a trucking company of saying we have to, I have to ensure we, we do two things uh, at our core that are right. We have to have very good freight and very good drivers, uh, because if you don't have both of those, your business isn't going to be successful. Drivers love good freight, and uh, good freight means you have to have good drivers to provide good service. So uh, high level, that's what I, I need to make sure we accomplish as a company every day. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, certainly our culture is important there uh, and having a long-term view. But at its fundamentals, we have to ensure we have the best freight for the best drivers out there in the industry. Fantastic. Tim Ashoff, thank you uh, again for sitting in with us today. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate finally getting the opportunity to do this. And thank you for the service you provide to our industry, you and all, everyone on the oh. Road Dog Trucking Network, no. uh, the, providing the information, helping us you know, talk about topics like this and, and share information out there and, and try to improve as an industry. It's definitely an honor to do it. Uh, and, and when I hear somebody tell me that they're reducing frustration, I hear frustration on the other end of the phone every day. And, and so it's, it's refreshing to hear that. So keep up the good work. Thank you very much. And Tim Ashoff, hey, if you guys want to find out more information about them, CreteCarrier.com, CreteCarrier.com. You can reach them at 800-998-2221, 800-998-2221.